Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. Really good to be in the house of the Lord today, right? Yes, it's really uh, incredible. Thank you, um, Pastor Quinton and Susan, for uh, ordaining us. We are truly, truly privileged to have been ordained by the two of you, and it's, um, I better stop speaking now about that topic, otherwise I might uh, well up in tears, <laughs> but um, this is not uh, at all a, a speech where we thank you guys, that will come later, but you guys are just incredible, and uh, a rock on which we've built our lives on, so we're just so thankful for the two of you, really, so great guys, hey, uh, before I get started with my message, is Mats over here, uh, he's left the building, ah, all right, okay, so I'll, I'll mention him in a moment, but he, um, he's taken over the housekeeping team from Ben that's moved on to Australia. For those who are on the social WhatsApp, you guys would have seen that Ben's arrived in Australia with his brother. Really good to see him there, and uh, he looks so happy. So, uh, so um, Ben has uh, handed over the reins of the housekeeping team to Mutt's stall, so he will be making sure that this house is in a ship shape uh, top, and we are just excited about that. So, Again, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're happy about that. Stefan and the crew are a part of that team, and a few others as well, too. I know Stefan, so uh, two Stefans, <laughs> so, and Augustine as well, too. So great, guys. Uh, excited about that. So, um, yeah, I'm going to start my message this morning. I'm going to speak a little bit about um, Kingdom Culture is the title of my message this morning. Kingdom Culture. All right, so I must be honest with you, I'm I'm standing here this morning with a kaleidoscope of different uh, feelings that well up within my heart today as we take up the leadership of this church. There's, there's, um, there's joy, there's sadness, there's mourning, there's excitement, fear, peace, all feelings that I have this morning. But to be honest with you, probably the overshadowing feeling that I have in my heart going forward right now is that of confidence, is that of confidence knowing that Jesus has been with us in the past, and Jesus will be with us in the future going forward. So if who, whoever has whoever been here for a while knows the, the weight that Pastor Susan has carried in this church, and I believe that Christ will be with us to carry the weight of this church going forward as well. The, the Lord says that His yoke is easy and His burden is light. We know that as we lay our lives and we place our feet upon the foundation, Jesus Christ the rock, we will be able to make sure that we're leading you as our church, the congregation before me, spiritually, and that we will help you realize your best life. We are here to serve you. We are here to help you realize what it means to live a life that's filled with Christ, being ordained by Christ, and has been destined to be able to be fruitful in your lives. That's our job and many of the other leaders as well. So I just want want to say that. I just want to say that we are here to serve you. And so this morning I want to speak about kingdom culture. And um, I want to do that by starting off with the Lord's Prayer. I think it's an appropriate way to start. And you'll see why I do that. So let's just take a moment right now and let's pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Amen. Amen. All right. The your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. One has to look no further than Jesus Christ as an example of heaven coming down to earth. All right. So if we use Jesus Christ as heaven coming down to earth, the example of what heaven is supposed to look like on earth, Jesus Christ is it. All right. So, so you know, Jesus is the living example of kingdom culture. So I'm going to speak about kingdom culture today. We have, we have many, got many different cultures. If you think about what defines a family uh, in terms of a definition, we've got a family culture in our home. There's certain things, the way we do certain things in your home, Justin. So every, everyone's home, there's a certain family culture in, in the way things are done. In, in Sweden, there's a certain culture. In our home country, uh, back in South Africa, is a way of doing things. Um, in the country that you may come from, there's a certain culture. In India, there's, there's many different cultures. And so I want to speak today about a kingdom culture specifically and what that means for us as a church going forward. And it's something, not, nothing new that I'm going to bring up. I'm going to just highlight things that we've been doing already as a church. But I just, I just feel like I want to articulate that and really, really frame that and put that into a, into a framework for us today as we go forward. And I'm going to have four points that I'm going to cover but again, coming back to Jesus, Jesus started the first church, right? He assembled 12 blokes. He found them. They were busy mending their nets and, and busy cleaning their fishing boats. One of them was busy collecting taxes from people. The other one was a physician, and the, and the rest of them were also in the marketplace as well. So we think about Jesus. He was the one who started the very first church. So we think about church rights in the early days. It was an assembly of people gathered under spiritual leadership. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, that's happening right now. <laughs> that's happening. So nothing has changed. The building, of course, you know, we've got this beautiful building that we're in. We're online as well, too. So hi to the guys online. So, you know, broadening our reach when it comes to church. And so they gathered under a tree. They gathered on a mountaintop. They gathered, gathered on, a, on a hillside. That was church. It was a gathering of people. So, again, church is not, it's not a building. Church is not an institute it's a people. You are the church, all right? So I just, want, I just want to be very, very clear about that, that you are the church. And what Jesus did within the church was that he created a kingdom culture in basically demonstrating how to love people and how to love them well. How to love people and how to love them well. So the age-old saying of how do you create a culture is by doing a lot of people, there's a lot of speak, a lot of people talk, you know, that, that, that's fine. But creating a culture is by doing and being. So that, that was a great example. If we just take Jesus and what he was and what he did, of course, he spoke a lot of things and there was people who were marveling at his, at his wisdom. But I think, you know, Jesus, if you think about how he created church and how he created followers, is by, by loving people. He just loved the, the down and outs the lady that was about to be stoned because she was caught in adultery asked the, the crowd over there, so who hasn't sinned before? That, that guy can cast the first stone. Picked her up, loved her, said your sins are forgiven, continue to go. Loved the down and outs. And so Jesus was a very, very good example 
of kingdom, or He is kingdom culture here on earth. So what is, what is kingdom culture? What is kingdom culture? You must be thinking, all right, but Matthew, you're getting to this point now. What, what is kingdom culture? Kingdom culture is basically everything opposite to the world culture. I've got a few examples of it. It's not an exhaustive list, but it's a few examples. Kingdom culture is love, sacrificial love, giving up your, your time, your finances, everything about you is that it's, it's not lust, it's not infatuation, it's not I love my dog or I love my coffee. It's, it's a love that goes much deeper. Worldly opposition to that is lust, desire to satisfy self. Kingdom culture is generosity. Worldly culture is withholding your wealth and your time. Kingdom culture is being authentic. Worldly culture is putting up a facade to make you look good. Kingdom culture is honor. World, worldly culture is dishonor. Kingdom culture is humility, and I believe there's a lot of strength in that. And world culture is arrogance and pride. Kingdom culture is wisdom, and the opposite to that is foolishness. Now, this morning, I want to touch on, on what, 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 what one might consider as kingdom culture and how it's stitched into the fabric of this local church, C3 Malma and Lund. So, I'm not, I'm not preaching C3 culture. It's, it's not, it, we, as a, we as a church are, are one of the body parts of, of the complete body of the church of Jesus Christ, but I want to preach kingdom culture to, the, to you today, this morning. So, I'm going to start off with four of them. Now, I'm cheating a little bit because I'm, I'm putting a few into one. So I, I just felt like I can't miss out on those. And Quentin said to me, no, no, just keep it to four. So it's going to be a bit more than four, but, you know, just, just bear with me, all right? So took a bit of a shortcut over there. So my first point today is praise, worship, and prayer. Praise, worship, and prayer. And it's, these are the connection points to our Maker, to God our Father. So when immersing ourselves in praise, in worship, in prayer, I believe that you get a revelation. I get a re revelation of God every time when we're busy worshiping over here, where we're spending time and just praising Him, singing out to Him. I believe that God gives you a, re a revelation. He, he does it for me. He's like, Matthew, just remember how much I love you, how much I care for you. I've got a future for you. And so I believe that when we come to a place of true submission before God, and we say, God, here I am. And in your prayer times, you say, God, reveal yourself to me. Reveal your plans for me. Show me my next step. Father, give me wisdom. Unlock the truth, Father, that you have for me in this life. I believe God will not send his, his, his word back again void, but he will, he will send it to you full. And I trust that you will get answers. You will get answers for the very requests that you ask. I really believe that... Um, that we would come into a place of encounter. And so when we're busy praying and when we're worshiping, especially if you're a new, uh, a new believer or if you haven't yet given your heart to Christ, I believe that it's an opportunity where there's an inflection point in your life, where you take a different direction, where God really has a, a moment where He speaks and ministers to you and reveals things to you that in no other moment is possible to be able to be revealed. I've experienced that in my own life when I was still an early Christian. I've been serving the Lord and giving my heart for the Lord, to the Lord for 20 years now. And I remember I was in a connect group and I was busy praying and, and, the, and the, 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 the person who was leading the connect group afterwards came to me and said, Matthew, you want to give your heart to Christ? And I knew he was going to come and talk to me. For some reason, the Lord had put it in my heart and there was an inflection point that happened right there and then. 
And my life was changed because we were prayed together, we praised together, and we worshiped the Lord. I think it's such an important point. And uh, when our mouths are filled with praise, worship, and prayer, there's no room for complaining, gossip, and slander. Let's use our mouths, guys, to honor the Lord God Almighty. I'm going to keep it short today because I know we've had many other things on. Point number two, alive, fun, and youthful. You know, we're a church that's animated. We're a church that does things that are fun. I can think of like three people that are really just, you know, wacky individuals. We've got Adam behind the screen over here. What a fun guy. We've got Shettle, Justin, all these funny guys. You know, if you just spend a bit of time with them, you're just like, oh, these guys... You know, I, I say this with a lot of respect. They're the biggest goofballs, but I just love them. They've got such a, such a good uh, you know, oh, spirit about them, such a, a, a youthful spirit about them. And I, I love that. I want this church to be youthful in that sense. Not only, not only the youth as in like we've got young kids in our church, but really individuals that are like, wow, they're full of life. They're full of just like, wow. And I want to I wanna hang more with these guys, and it's awesome. And I love that. I love that about them. I love their hearts. And so we need to be alive as a church. We need to be youthful. We need to be uh, extremely relevant. And I'll come to that point uh, in a moment. I want our church to be fun. I want us to have a great time together. We've had so many events in the past, and we just had one a couple of weeks ago in Lund where we had our potluck at the pre-Easter service. We had fun together. I heard the hall that was full of laughter, and people were enjoying themselves. And so I don't want to be, have a church that is morbid, a church that is, uh, is, is gray and, and mundane. I want us to be a church that is youthful, colorful, fresh. So, uh, yeah, and, that, and we are. We are that as well, too. So, again, I'm not saying that, you know, <laughs> that we, are, we definitely are a church like that, and there's more of that to come. So, again, I'm so excited about that. And, and our chief end is to enjoy God and to enjoy each other. That's really what it's all about. We're here to enjoy each other, to enjoy God, to experience laughter. You know, medicine... Uh, laughter is medicine to the soul. After all, we, when we laugh and we just laugh from the depths of our belly, it's such good medicine to our soul. And I, I just love laughing. I have a good time uh, with a couple of guys and we just, yeah, we're enjoying that. In Matthew 18 verses 3, uh, Jesus speaks to the disciples and he said to them, hey guys, you need to be like these. And he was referring to children to be able to enter the kingdom of God one day. So we need to have a youthfulness about us, a, men, a mentality like children. Just accept what God says, and you will see the fruits of that in your life. And so I just see my children, and when I speak to them about, uh, yeah, the things of the Lord, and, and they're just like, wow, yes, Daddy, great. And, and they start, Jason's evangelizing at school. It's like he's, the, one, the one child's mother came to me, and he said, my boy asked that he wanted a Bible the other day. I said, oh, okay, well, that's right. He's one of Jason's good friends, and and then, and, then I was, and then we just started to speak and so on, and there was some other reason why we had spoken. And then I mentioned that we're pastors as well, too. She's like, ah, that's why Valentine asked for a Bible. So, you know, you know, Jason is like, that guy's, he's a little, every morning I said to him, Jason, remember, Jesus loves you, and you must tell your friends about that as well, too. He's like, yes, daddy. So it's like, yeah, so, uh, yeah, a bit of brainwashing, if you, you might call that, but he's just, he just loves it. He just loves talking to people about Jesus, and he, and yeah, so it's just, it's just awesome. Just love that. Third point, servanthood, generosity, and hospitality. Servanthood is a major key to unlocking our destiny in our lives. And if you guys forget everything that I've said this morning, this is a really key area. Servanthood is a key to unlocking the destiny in our future. One of the biggest breakthroughs that I've experienced in my life 
has come as a consequence of my serving in this church and under Pastor and Susan and, and, and Quinton's leadership. Christelle and myself, we, we've, we've taken on this role, and we, we're so excited about that. We, we feel like we, we've got some really big shoes to fill. And for me, I'm like, this, this is, we've served Pastor Quinton and Susan all these years, and, and they've released us into one area of responsibility, into another area of responsibility, into a greater area of responsibility, and a much, and now, and, and so we've been faithful with the little, and so they've released us into being responsible for, for you, and I, I think that is the greatest and the highest level of honor that, I, that Christa and myself can receive. And, I, and I've seen major breakthroughs in my life when it comes to serving. And I do that not only in the, in, in, in the, in the church, I do it in the workplace as well too. I've, I'm, I'm the manager and I, I have people that report to me, but I, I serve them. I've got a serving mentality when I, when I have manage my people. And the loyalty and the breakthrough that I see in my work environment is just tantamount because of my heart and the attitude that I have. And so I want to encourage you guys, if you're not serving or if you, uh, just get into a team. Be in a place of serving, and you'll see breakthrough take place in your life. And I just want to encourage you in that area. It's just, it's this massive uh, area where I think, uh, yeah, it, it's, we've, we've got 67% of this church is in a team. And I think that's, that's incredible, uh, an astounding number. Um, so generosity is, is one thing that is a hallmark uh, aspect of this church. Generosity is huge. It's a church that, that gives of their time, of their finances, and it's just so emotionally invested in this church. And I want to just encourage you guys to continue to do that. This, to me, is just so important aspect, and, 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 and it's an important aspect because it divides us from what the world sees as generosity, right? So when, when people are, see you giving in the world, they expect that, okay, what does he want? What, what does he want out of this deal, right? There's always a suspicion but when this church is giving of their time, of their finances, of their emotion, there's nothing that we expect, expect in return. And people are like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. That, that's, that's very different. And that's the kingdom culture that Jesus came. And if you think about the most generous act that God did was give Jesus Christ as a gift to us. Generosity is at the heart of God. Generosity is at the heart of God. That's an incredible act that I, uh, that I think that is the poster child of generosity. God giving His Son for us so that you and I can have eternal life one day. And um, so, again, guys, this is something that just represents us as, as this church. Hospitality, loving strangers. Uh, Peggy and Lucas, I hope you guys don't mind if I use any example. Um, I asked Peggy and Lucas, they've joined us over the last few weeks from Costa Rica, and uh, it was just uh, an incredible couple, just such a wonderful, wonderful heart. And I, and I went to do Lucas, and I, and I asked him, hey, Lucas, uh, you guys have been with us for a while. Have you been able to visit any other churches in Malva? He said, Matthew, that's not necessary. So I said, but why not? There's some many wonderful churches. He said, no, the first day when we walked into this church, so many people came to speak to us and say hi to us, and we felt so welcome over here. And, the, and that, they, they said, why, why should we shop anywhere else? And I've spoken to so many people that have come to this church for the first time, and, and they've just said, wow, this, this is this wonderful atmosphere of feeling like home. It feels like, it feels like people love and care for me over here. And so, guys, I think this is so important that we continue with this hospitable attitude where we invite people into our homes, where we do a meal together, where we have connect groups, and we share 
of our, of our lives together. This is such an important aspect. I just want to, again, just commend us as a church for doing this well. And I think this is so important. Again, it just, it just cuts a line in the sand between the world and us and what we do well. So let's continue to do that. My last point, uh, and I'll be closing soon, is being contemporary and community. What was relevant yesterday is not relevant today. And I want us to remain relevant in the times, guys. I want us to be able to be forward uh, on, on the front, continuously on the front foot. The messages that we preach, the prayer points that we preach on need to be relevant. We need to be we on the times. What's happening right now? Let's be praying for that. Let's be pressing through. What is, what is going on in our lives? When you guys fill in those prayer cards, that, that gets sent around to all the leaders, and they're praying for that. All the testimonies that are shared as a consequence of prayer being answered is a huge encouragement, just knowing that our prayer actually has an impact. Uh, we, as, as you saw the announcement, we're going to be praying every, every, every month uh, as going forward. That corporate prayer is so important. We prayed the Lord's Prayer as we started. I'm going to be finishing off this message with prayer. We pray before we, um, we get started uh, uh, at 10 o'clock uh, in the lounge. So it's so important to be focused on, on prayer and relevant points for prayer. So being relevant. So the apostles on Pentecost, they, um, <clears throat> they, they were praying in different languages. The Holy Spirit came upon them, and they were praying in different languages. And all the Jews coming from all different parts of uh, um, minor Asia said that, wow, these guys are from the local region, but I hear them speaking in my own local language. And in so, they were able to, to associate with that, right? So English is my first language, and so it comes very natural and English is maybe not a native language to probably most of you over here in this room. But when you hear something spoken in your, hope, in your heart language, it really resonates. And so I want us to, to have a, a speech, a dialogue, a, 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 an ability to be able to use words that are, are relevant today. I want us to be building bridges over into this world. Jesus says not to be uh, of this world, but in this world. And so for me, that is so important because in order for us to be able to reach the lost, to reach the down and, uh, and, and, and uh, brokenhearted, we need to be able to be relevant. Guys, and none of us are, are this, but you know, I don't want to be a church of weird and wacky individuals where it's really difficult for people in this world to cross over into our world, into the, over that bridge. It's so important that we remain relevant and that we're normal, sane human beings. Of course, we love Jesus, and, and that, that, you know, that to some people is a bit crazy and weird, and I, and I get that. But I think for me, it's so important that we, that we remain relevant as a church, that we are contemporary. Everything about our church, you know, Justin and the team have done a great job in, in creating some modern technology, and uh, the chairs that we have, and everything that we, that we are and that we represent is contemporary. Um, I've been speaking to a pastor here in Malma. He came to me, he said, Matthew, the young pastor as well just taken over the church, um, not going to name the church, there are 110 people in the church, 15 of them are below 60, he said, Matthew, I've got a problem, my church is dying, so I'm actually going to be working a bit with him going forward to try and see how we can put plans in place to support him, to try and get his church alive and that it remains alive going forward, it's important to remain relevant, last point, community, right, um, Aaron and Yvonne have done a great job in getting City Hearts set up, um, and also a point of celebration. I want us to give us a, a, a round of applause for this. We've been able, two weeks ago, I think it was, two weeks, uh, two weeks ago, we've been able to register City Hearts as an official charity. Come on, let's give it all a hand. Awesome. That's really good. And, and primarily because of uh, Yvonne's hard work and her team related to that. So thank you, Yvonne. You guys are incredible. 
And so City Hearts is going to be our side door towards seeing this church grow. We have our front door, which is that camera at the back over there, and also you guys sitting over here, and also when we gather in Lund. But the side doors to this church and seeing more people come uh, into our community, come into our world and discovering Christ is through the side doors. And there's, there's, uh, there's many of these events that City Hearts will be, create, be creating for people to be invited into our world and be a part of this world. Uh, our world uh, and knowing Christ. So important uh, aspect as well too, which is a kingdom culture. I'm just going to invite the band to come up. So in closing, I just want to wrap up with this. I'm really proud of our past, and I'm very, very excited about our future going forward. The church has been birthed into Pastor Quinton and Susan's heart even before they came to Sweden 15 years ago, many, many years before that. I know, Quinton, I think you mentioned that uh, there was about four years before you guys came, you asked God, Lord, what do you want me to do at a construction site when you were walking, working, busy sawing through wood and laying bricks, and you were sitting in your car, and you, I'm sorry if I'm seeing your thunder later on on this topic, but, and, and, Quentin, and, and Pastor Quentin uh, was sitting over there, and God asked him, Quentin, what do you want to do? And so he said, Lord, I want to build your church. He said, Go. And, and, and we are sitting over here today as, as a consequence of something that was birthed into Pastor Quentin and Susan's heart more than 15 years ago, probably going on 20 now. And so we are, living, we are living in the wake of their sacrifice. We are living in the wake of their leadership. We are living in the wake of them being so graciously leading us all these years. And again, Christa and myself are so honored to fill in, you know, walk in the shoes that you guys have. It feels like we're walking in the shoes of giants, in spiritual giants. And we're so, we're so humbled by that, guys. And we just truly appreciate all that you've done and sacrificed to make this church a reality. And you guys are just such, yeah, such graceful individuals. <laughs> okay, I'll stop now <laughs> for a later time. <laughs> and uh, we just love you guys immensely. Just, uh, it, it's, you know, we just love you so much. Christelle and myself are truly and utterly privileged to, to be your spiritual leaders going forward. And uh, our commitment, as we committed now, will be to lead you uh, in, in God's ways. We will commit to serving you, um, help you try and fulfill the desires and the needs that you have in your life. All of us have needs and desires to want to achieve something, buy a house, take an next step in our job, grow spiritually, be baptized. Christelle and myself are committed to you in that area. We have laid down our lives. We've had opportunities to go back to South Africa, where we come from, but we've, we felt the Lord tell us, no, we want you to be here because His people are here. You are here. And we are here because of you. It's the only reason that we're here. We can get a job anywhere in, in, in any country, basically. But we are here because we love you, we care for you, we want to serve you the rest of our days. And so... Um, I just want to make that commitment. We are here, guys, in the business of transforming lives. That's our, that's our commitment. There's no other reason that we are here. We want to see your life transformed. I want to see you changed and transformed. I want to see you take your next step in your life. So this is our commitment to you. Is that all right? Okay. Let's take a moment and pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for these amazing people in front of me right now. And Lord, we recognize that we can't do this life without you. 
Holy Spirit, you are our guide, the voice that directs us in this life. Lord, your word is a lamp unto our feet, helping us take our next step and our next step. And as we, as we take that step of faith, not knowing really what lies on the other side, Lord, that you will bless that faithfulness as we surrender all aspects of our life to you, Lord. As it says in, in, in Matthew 26, between the if and the yet, if at all possible, Father, take this cup from me, yet your will be done. True faith lies in between the if and the yet. True submission lies between the if and the yet. And Father, I want to pray, Lord, that you will help us discover what that means between the if and the yet in, in our lives. Lord, we all have a different path that we are walking in this life. We all have a different destiny and a different direction, Father. And where you're taking us, Lord. And, but I pray, Father, that you will unite us together, though, in spirit, believing, Father, that your, your word, your community, time in prayer and worship, Lord, will bring us into communion with you, that will direct our paths, that will lead us, Father. We pray, Holy Spirit, right now that you will lead us, Lord, no matter where we go in this life, no matter the circumstances, may they be grim or bright, Father. I want to ask, Lord, that you will come and speak to us, Holy Spirit. Minister to us as we seek you, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we will be bold enough, Father, to ask for, for incredible things, Lord, that we will ask, Father, of things, Lord, that we think, oh, no, that's not possible for us. No, I pray, Lord, that as Christians, that we will claim the things, Lord, that are sometimes unclaimable in our minds. I pray, Lord, that we will be bold enough to claim that house, that job, that life partner, whatever it might be, Father. I pray, Lord, that we will not come with a, a spirit of timidity, Father, but a spirit, Lord, that is filled with power and knowing and recognizing, Lord, that we are sons and daughters of the living God. That is who we are and whose we are. That we can claim that over our lives, knowing that we are the sons and daughters of the creator of this world. That is our identity, Father. And we thank you, Lord, that we can adopt this kingdom mindset, this kingdom culture, Father, that I've been speaking about this morning. I pray, Lord, that we will stitch it into the fabric of our heart, Father, and that, Lord Jesus, will stand out, Lord, like a badge on our shoulder that people will recognize and see that, wow, this person is different. There is something in their life that I can see that is different and that they'll be curious and they will ask and we'll be bold enough to say, it's Jesus. It's Jesus in my life that brings about the difference. I thank you, Father, for this morning. I thank you, for, Father, for the blessing that we can receive this morning. We want to pray a blessing, Father, over Pastor Susan and Quinton. What an incredible couple that they are. I pray, Lord, that you will anoint their future, Father. That whatever their hands touch, Father, Lord, may it turn to gold, Father. Whatever their hands touch, may it prosper, Lord. Lord, whatever their hands touch, that will flourish, Father. That will expand, Lord. And that will heal, Father, tenfold, twentyfold, uh, a hundredfold. Lord, that they will never be in lack, Father. That they will always have abundance, Lord, in their life. Lord, knowing that there's, there's people that love them, Father. 
that love them unconditionally, that love them for who they are and what they brought to us in our lives. We thank you for this incredible couple, Lord. We pray this all right now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.